We welcome all of our online audience watching. We're so glad you're here. If you're ever in our area, we'd love to invite you to stop in, worship with us in person, wherever you're watching. We have someone today I met from Washington who's here today. She said, I watch you every week. I was glad to be here, be able to watch you guys today. We welcome you. So wherever you're at watching today, if you're ever in our area, stop in. We'd love to send you home with some free gifts uh, and get a chance to meet you. Today, we're going to talk about how to fight. How many know you got to know how to fight your battles? Last week, we talked about taking heart. You got to have heart. Jesus said, take heart, have courage, have some spiritual grit about you. And so it's one thing to ask you to take heart and to have spiritual grit. It's another thing to know how to fight. You know, America has been won on, on the technology and the tools. One of the reasons why we only have, we have brave men and women who have gone to put their life on the line. And many of them have given up their life for our freedom. But one of the advantages we have is we, we have a country who has given us the best tools necessary, the best weapons necessary to fight their battles. We, we don't go in with just our, our hands. We, we go in knowing that we got some of the best technology on, in the world, on the planet, has come from the American people. God has brought them, and they, they go in with confidence knowing they have world-class things to fight their battles. It gives you confidence. So today, we're going, to, we're going to give you some things to fight with. Philippians 3.13 is our, our theme verse for this series. Philippians 3.13 says, Brothers and sisters, I, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, what do I do? Forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on. Through ethical, difficult season, through every difficult season, I press on. Through sorrow, I press on. Through hurt, I press on. Through economy crashes, I press on. Through viruses, I press on. Come on now, I press on. I pre through disappointment, I press on. That's all I know to do is press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I I've learned over the years when we go through battles and we go through seasons of hurt, disappointment, things happen. Look at this. You, you can either get bitter or you can get better. You can either get bitter or get better. And we have too many people, I believe, walking around bitter instead of getting better. I allow myself a short time. Listen, we all go through very hard times. Some of you have gone through very, very unthinkable hard times. And we all go through seasons of our life when we have things happen beyond our control that, that are just overwhelming. And I can tell you, sometimes they're small and sometimes they're so big we can't even comprehend it. But I've learned this, that when I go through those seasons of my life personally, I give myself a, a short window to have a pity party. I give myself a short window to feel bad and to feel sorry for myself. But then it's a short time. But then I realize that that's not going to get me anywhere. And I realize that's not going to bring healing. And I realize that's not going to advance. And I realize that's only going to delay the disappointment. The sooner I get up and take a step forward, the sooner I stand back up and begin to press on, I get up and I press on. It's not an easy thing. You got to press through the disappointment, press through the hurt, press through the rejection, press through the things going on. It's through that point I realize when I get up that I allow God to start healing in my life. 
You got to have some spiritual grit. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you got to have some spiritual grit. What is spiritual grit? I'm glad you asked. This is what the God-given ability to step out and to press on in difficult situations. We've all been given it. God has placed it in the heart of every believer. There is a God-given tenacity, a spiritual grit inside of you. I'm not a very aggressive person. Yes, you are. Quit saying that. You have been given the spirit of an overcomer because you have received a new heart in Jesus Christ. Create in me a new heart, a clean heart. God creates into us a new spirit. It may not be in your natural nature, but God has placed a supernatural spirit in you. Something happens at salvation. He puts in us the ability to press on through every difficult situation. I get back up. I believe one of the greatest testimonies, and there's so many, and I've heard so many over the years, but to me, one of the greatest testimonies I've ever heard are those people who have survived or just still here pressing on through life's hardest situations. They didn't give up when everybody else gave up. They didn't quit when the things got tough. They didn't stop loving God. They didn't stop following God. They didn't stop coming to church. They didn't stop when things got really, really hard in their life. They said, I can only hang on to one thing, and that's God. The only thing that's going to see me through is God. The only thing that's going to get pressing on is God. And they hang on through every difficult situation. If you're still hanging on today, give yourself a hand. You're still here. You're still pressing on through every hard situation. So, so how do you do this, though, when your emotions are at war? If I'm being honest today, it's okay to be real. If I'm being honest, uh, Pastor, I'm hurting. If I'm being honest, I'm hurt. If I'm being honest, I'm in despair. If I'm being honest, uh, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds. If I'm being honest, man, I'm just barely not even holding it together. That's being real. There's nothing wrong with being real. And then part of you is over here saying, but I want to press on. I want to get back up and I want to press on. I know God got something for me if I can just press on. But I'm over here and I'm stuck in the bitterness. I'm stuck in the hurt. So where, how do I get there? It's somewhere in between. I, I can't allow myself to stay here, but this is a short time. And I've got to begin to pick myself back up and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press. I'm going to lean on. I'm going to take, take one step. Listen, I, I can't see how I'm ever going to get to that place. I can't see how I'll ever get there. Let me tell you the secret of getting here. One step at a time. One day at a time. Sometimes it's one hour at a time. One hour turns into one day, and one day turns into one week, and one week turns into one month, and one month turns into a year. And you look back and go, you know what? I'm still hurting. I still got some pain in there. It's not as easy, but I'm not where I was back there. I'm pressing on. I'm moving on. And through God's help, he's going to allow me to, to go forward and to press on in him. So, so how do we do this? How do we attack it? You know, we're really good at pastors of telling people, come on, just fight your battles. Just give it to God. But how do you do that? I want to give you some tools today, some practical tools that the word of God lays out for us. How to attack this battle, how to go in equipped to win the war. Number one, write this down. You got to pray through the pain. Come on now. You got to pray through the pain. My nature and my natural response is to complain 
through the pain. Can we be honest? We become all pro at complaining. We've raised a generation of complainers and whiners, right? And we can't look at them and say, I don't know what happened this generation. They learned it from you, mom and dad. They learned it from us. I complain through my pain. We whine about everything that's not going our way. We, we, we learn to complain. Well, our natural desire is to complain. I don't like this. I'm not happy about this. I didn't get my way here. This didn't happen the way I wanted. So it's real easy to become a professional complainer. I mean, it's really easy to have yourself a pity party, right? We, it's really easy to, to post a post on social media that you would never say to anybody's face and complain. It's real easy to tag somebody behind the keyboard or texting, right? And I have 200 comments behind somebody who's just trying to simply make a, make a post about a personal thing. We all have choices. And really it comes down to two choices. We have two choices. We will either pray about the problem or we will complain about the problem. When I complain about the problem, the problem becomes the God of my life. When I complain about the problem, the problem controls my life. When I complain about the problem, the problem controls my mind, my will, my emotions. It's got me upset. It's got me mad. It's got me, oh, furious at times. It's got me hurt. It's got me crying. It's got me not trusting people. It's got me giving up. But when I pray and say, God, those problems are really real, but you're bigger than all those problems, something begins to happen on the inside of me. There's a freedom that comes. There's a thing that happens that the Bible says we cast our cares upon the Lord. And there's something that happens when you begin to pray about the problem instead of complaining. Come on, I wish I had some people that would learn to pray about the problems instead of complaining about the problems. We're always complaining. Well, I'm not complaining. Yeah, we go back and look. Come on now. Don't go back and delete your social media right now. We know. We saw it this weekend already, ladies. We already saw it. Guys, we already saw it. We complain. We complain. So how about this? We've tried complaining. And how did that work? So how about we, how about we just try what the Bible says? How about we just learn to pray? I challenge you, you've tried complaining, it ain't doing nothing besides feeding to your own misery. It's like you pat yourself on the back. Yeah, you got a reason to be upset. Yeah. But how about just try praying and see if it doesn't change the situation? I love what Paul said when he was thinking about complaining. I mean, Paul, to say, of all people, he had the reason to complain. From the time he accepted Jesus to the time he died, his life was nothing but a series of hurtful events and tragedies and thrown into prison. He was beaten. He was flogged. He was shipwrecked. He was snake bitten. I mean, he went on and on and have all these things persecuted all the time. They were trying to kill him. Man, they had all these things happening all this life. This is what he wrote in this middle of this hardship in Philippians 4, 4 and 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. And for the people in the back, I will say it again, rejoice. Like I said one more time, rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every 
situation by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. What happens then? And the peace of God, which transcends all problem, transcends all complaining, transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here is where the victory starts in our life, right here, is learning to pray to the Lord instead of complaining. Is it that easy, Pastor? It really is. We just got to learn to go against our natural desire to complain and to start praying. Prayer releases peace over the anxiety. Prayer releases peace over the anxiety. Paul said this. He said, he said pray through the pain. Look what it says. Pray through the pain and then throw some worship on it. That's what he was saying. Pray through the pain and then throw some worship on it. How many today say, Pastor, I walked in feeling like not the best, but after we got through with worship, boy, I felt so much lighter, so much better. Anybody can relate to that? Yeah, why? Because there's something that happens in the atmosphere of worship. When you get your mind off of what you're complaining about, when you take your mind off of your problem and put your mind upon what God has already done and what God's going to do, it changes the atmosphere of the battle. It changes the atmosphere of the war. It, changes, it gives you the advantage. You rise above. You rise above. Prayer. Prayer. I pray into God and then I throw some worship right into the mix and I create an atmosphere that doesn't let anything come in and steal my joy. When I'm here and trying to get bitter, I begin to pray, say, God, I'm really feeling this way right now, but I'm going to choose to worship you anyway. There's something that happens in the heart of every believer, in the mind of every believer. You release the peace of God to penetrate through everything you're going through and it begins to change and heal and to cast aside all anxiety. Learn to pray real prayers, raw prayers, honest prayers. Sometimes we're afraid to pray. We, I don't know what to say. I'm not very good, Pastor. That's for you and the pastors. I think we, we've commercialized prayer way too much. You ever, you ever have one of those days when you just, there's, there's times, can I tell you, there's been times I had to go back and pray about my prayer. Because I was really raw with God. And I said some things that probably wasn't really nice. But you know what? God can take it. He can take it. And he wants to raw me. And he wants to reel me. And sometimes we just got to say, ah, God, I don't like it. I don't understand. This isn't fair. God, I need you. And tell him exactly what you're going through. That's the raw. But see, there's something that happens when I say, God, I'm, I'm telling you exactly how I feel. God, I'm telling you exactly what I'm needing right now. But when I say to God, it's something about submitting that to the Lord and saying, God, I'm going to trust you anyway. That releases something of peace over your mind right now. Tell God how you feel. Ask God, well, pastor, I can't pray. Listen, just pray it. I know, uh, growing up, it was always like, you know, who, who can say the best prayer? You've been around a group of Christians who pray? Well, I'll lead in prayer, and then you go next, and you go next. The first person prays, God, thank, thank you for this food. Lord, we, we bless you, and thank you for this time of fellowship. Amen. Next person, oh, Lord, we thank you for the hands that prepared this food. Next person, God, we thank you for the manufacturers. Next person, God, we thank you for the farmers, hallelujah, and the manufacturers, and those who cooked and prepared it, and thank you for those who prepared it. I mean, get to go one. You're like, man, I don't know, I kind of lost count. 
Listen, prayer is not a competition. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a competition. God, can I tell you something that may shock you? God's not impressed by our former prayers. He's impressed when we say, God, this is me. This is the real me. Exactly. That's what he wants. He, wa he wants you. He's not looking for the person you think you are. He's looking for the person you are right now. That's who he died for. That's who he sent his son for. God, I'm struggling. God, I'm hurting. God, I don't know. God, I'm fed up. God, I'm mad. It's all right. He can take it. I promise you, he can take it. Give it to the Lord. Tell him exactly how you're feeling. And then after you do that, you got to learn to give him thanks for what he's already done. I petition the Lord. And then I give thanks. See, that's what prayer is. It's, God, I, I'm hurting, I'm mad. Well, God, this is what I'm needing right now. And then I begin to thank you. God, I thank you, though, that I'm still here and I'm still breathing. I'm still kicking. God, I thank you, God, that I'm here and I'm pressing on. I thank you, God, that in my darkest hour, you have never left me nor forsaken me. God, I thank you that, God, in my darkest time, God, you've helped me press on and to get up and to keep on going. God, I thank you, God. I remember your goodness in the hard season. I remember the last time I went through this. And I, I remember the last time my parents went through this. And I, I remember when this happened. God, I thank you that, God, you have sustained us. God, I thank you that, God, prison once in the last chapter of my life. God, I thank you that sickness was not the last chapter of my life. God, I thank you that divorce was not the last chapter of my life. God, I thank you that death wasn't the last chapter of my life. That God, you got a plan. And I'm presenting it to you, God, today. I thank him for it. There's something that happens. When you go from complaining to thanksgiving, you release something in the spiritual world that takes all fear and anxiety, begins to press it aside and push it out of the way and let it know who's boss. And all of a sudden, you're walking lighter. You're walking with a smile again through the tears. You're feeling, finding a newfound joy. What is it? It's the peace of God ruling your heart. This is how we fight our battles. See, when you purpose are purposeful when begin to say, you know what, through the pain, instead of being purposeful about complaining, instead I'm going to pray to the Lord, I'm resetting my mind to the peace of God. Now, we all have, well, majority of us have phones, most of you have smartphones, and if you don't turn it off and on sometimes and reset it, what happens? It can begin to slow down. It glitches. Things that should work aren't working. And so sometimes we just go, oh, yeah, it's been a while since I turned it off and reset my phone. I got to download some updates and I got to do some things because I'm walking really, it's walking really slow right now. And when you do that, it gets back to normal. Sometimes we got to do that spiritually. I got to reset my mind. How do I reset my mind? God, right here. God, right here, I spend any time. This is what I'm going through. Here's the raw. Here's the real. And God, I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for what you've already done. God, you're a great God. I praise and worship. It's putting it on in the car. It's putting it on in the morning when you're getting ready for work. It's putting it on before you go to bed and say, I'm going to fill my mind with the house of God in my mind. Thank you to God. I want to spend time worshiping you. And all of a sudden, you find yourself living in a place of peace that fears being cast aside. He says, rejoice 
when you feel like it, right? That's what we just read. Rejoice when you feel like it, right? No. He said rejoice when? Always. And if you didn't hear, he says always rejoice. I'll say it again. Because I'll say it again. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Why? Because when you rejoice, it releases something in your body that needs to heal. It releases something in your spirit. Rejoicing releases something in your mind. It resets my mind. It resets my heart. What did Jesus do the night before his biggest night of sacrifice? Before he went to the cross, he goes, I must get alone and I must pray. Ask of the Lord. He's like, Father, anyway, anyway, this can be done in another way. I mean, that was some real conversation. If there's any way I can avoid this pain, if there's any way I don't have to put my body, my physical body through the pain I'm about to go through. He was so intense, the Bible said he began to sweat, drops of blood were bursting because he was so Intent. I mean, can you imagine? I think the Bible paints a pretty picture of that prayer, but I guarantee you it was an agonizing prayer to the point where he was sweating blood. Is there any other way? I don't want to go through this pain. But what do you say? But if not, even so. Not my will, but yours be done. I commit my hands unto the Father. So he was saying, God, here's the real. I don't want to go through this. But God, no matter what, I'm trusting you. No matter what, I know your plan's greater than my plan. See, he needed that. How much more do you and I need it? If Jesus needed time of prayer, how much more do we need time of prayer? Number two, you got to hold on to the promise. Hold on to a promise. Listen, the Bible's full of hundreds of promises. Find you one, hang on to it. Find you one, put it on your fridge. Find you one, put it on the dash of your car. Find you one, make it your screensaver. Find you one, hold on to a promise. We gotta hold on to a promise of God. Isaiah 26, three says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You gotta fix your mind on the promise of the Lord. God, you will never leave me nor forsake me. God, I fixed my, my heart on a promise that no weapon formed against me will prosper in the name of the Lord. I fixed my mind on the promise that God, that weeping lasts through the nighttime, but joy returns in the morning. I hold to the promise. Find your promise and hang on to it. Why? Because your emotions will lie to you. Come on, let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the truth. I told my girls when they were, when they were learning to get that age of 16, I said, listen, those boys will lie to you. As your pastor, I want to tell you something. Your emotions will lie to you. I hold on to the promise. I fix to the promise. You have to keep the promises of God first in your life. How am I going to get through the battle? Hold on to the promise of God. Number three, get somebody fighting with you. You got to get somebody who fights. How many know we fight better together, right? Look what Exodus 17, 11 says. Children of Israel are in a war and they're in a battle. 
It says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. And when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him so he could sit down. That's good. And then Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. And because of this, Joshua overcame the Amalekites' army with the sword. So you get the picture here, that as long as Moses kept his hands raised, they won the war. There was something happening here, not just in the natural, but God was trying to show us a spiritual battle that happens. That when you're in a battle, that when you keep your hands raised, there's something. See, you, when you begin to raise your hands saying, God, you are worthy. God, I know the enemy's at hand, but God, you're the one who gives me strength. You're the one who fights my battles. You're the one who sustains me. God, you're the one who's going to bring victory to my life. You're going to bring victory to my family's life. There's something about acknowledging through the war with hands raised. Come on now. So many of us want to get out there. We just want to fight, but this is how we fight. We raise our hands to the Lord that God, you alone are worthy of all praise. God, you alone bring victory. And we hold our hands. We hold our hands and we worship. How many know sometimes life's hard and the battle goes on longer than we expected. And all of a sudden we, we start getting, getting weak, don't we? I've had my hands up a long time. I've had, I've had my hands up for a long time and we get weak and we start getting weak and we're going to fall. God, it's too much. No. Well, what happens? God sends people beside you to lift your hands, to hold you up and support you. Yeah, I'm going to keep fighting my battle, but God is hurt. God is hurt. God, he pick you back up. No, we're not giving up. We're hanging on. We're going to praise God together. But God, this isn't fair. That's right, but we're going to hate each other up. But God, I failed. I blew it. Pick yourself back up. Have people hold you back up. It's here. Thank you, guys. It's here where the battle was won, not by yourself. Everybody needs somebody in their life. Everybody needs multiple people in their life who come along beside them when you can't hold up your arms forever, when you can't just hold up your arms to get a quick fix and you need to walk through the battle for a season. You need people who come along beside you and fight with you, who hold your hands with you. We all need someone to hold our arms during battle. We need people who will stick with you. I, I love it that God sends people who stick with you even during the middle of the battle. The prodigal son had all the friends he wanted until he lost all of his money. And then they all magically disappeared. And he found himself hanging out with the pigs and there ain't nobody holding his arms there. See, you surround yourself with people who are always wanting from you. And they're always there as long as you are fitting their narrative and what they want. But the minute you go through a battle, who can you depend upon? I can tell you the people of God will be there. There's been times of people that in my life that I've had years before I spoke to somebody and maybe we didn't end it on a good relationship. But they went through something, and I immediately sent them a text and a call and I said, man, I'm praying for it. Can I do anything for you? And it's like, they just broke. Why? Because friendship goes beyond feelings. And 
The call of God in my life is just not, it's just not to preach, but it's to carry people. And your call of God in your life is to help carry people. We carry each other through the, through the war. We need each other. We need each other to fight the battles. You, you got to find someone to stick it with you. Galatians 6.2, look what it says. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. This, this, this is what he wants us to do. He wants us to petition our request to the Lord. Give thanksgiving to the Lord. And then we need people along beside us to help carry the burdens. People along beside us to, to be there. Look, look at this. Listen to me. We all need a friend to help. And we all need to be a friend that helps. We all need a friend to help. And we all need to be a friend that helps. If you're a Christian today... This is our biblical mandate of the Lord. He expects us to carry each other's burdens. That means I can't come to church and do it alone. That means I can't just watch online only. I got to be connected with a group of believers so that we can carry each other. We can pray one for another. We can hold each other's arms up because either I'm holding somebody else's arms up or they're going to have to hold mine up because we all go through seasons when we need both. And you notice what happened when they, they held his arms up, God won the war. It wasn't just Moses' arms that won the battle. It was those next to him holding his arms up. We all want it together. And the last thing, number four, write this down. You got to be still. Be still. This may be the hardest of the four, right? Learn to be still. We want to fight through the battle. We want to complain. We want to get out there, start a petition online. We want to get out there and, and make sure everybody knows what's happening. We're hurt. We're hurt. Beep, 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 beep. I'm the victim. Beep, 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 beep. Poor me. Victim, victim, victim. That's another series altogether. <laughs> well, we got to break that victim mentality. How do I do that? Be still. I don't always have to let everybody know it's all right. God knows. Those holding up your arms, they know. Learn to be still. We want to fight through the battle, fight through the pain, but learn to give it to God and rest in him. That's what he told the children of Israel in Exodus 14, 13 and 14. Moses answered the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you need only be still. That's a hard one to be, but when I'm still, it means I'm giving total trust to the Lord. It means I'm giving total surrender to God. This comes at a time when you throw your hands up. There comes a time in your life when you throw your hands up and say, I can't do it anymore. I can't fight anymore. I give up. God, I give up. And God goes, it's about time. Now I do my best work when you give up. So the quicker we learn to give up, say, God, I give it up to you. I'm going to be still and let you fight my battles.
I'm going to tell you what I'm going through. I'm going to lean on people who are holding me up. We're going to go through this together. But God, I'm being still knowing that, God, you're fighting my battles. It's exactly where he wants us. So we, we learn to pray and worship. We hold on to a promise. We get somebody fighting with you, and you learn to be still. I think we have some listing here of God's promises. Look at this. I wrote down seven of them here. Just seven. There's hundreds. But here's a seven just, just for an example. Just a small sampling today. He promised in Joshua, I will be with you. Psalms, he said, I'll protect you. Isaiah said, I will strengthen you. And Philippians said, I will give you peace that passes all understanding. And Mark, he said, I will answer your prayers. Call unto me. He said in Isaiah, I will lead you, my people. Psalms said, I will always love you. I will love you. What is your promise you need today? What is, let me give you one last verse. Maybe this is your promise today you need to hang on to as I close. In Isaiah 41.10, says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Did you just catch that? With my victorious, with my victory. God's already got victory in his hand, and the one who's got victory is holding you up already. So the one who's holding victory is holding you. It's it's a fixed fight. I just got to be patient and say, God, I trust you. I just got to have faith. God, I'm trusting you. I'm surrendering all to you. Let's bow our heads today. Father, I thank you. You didn't let us fight alone. But you gave us instruction how to approach and fight our battles. I pray today to Father, we begin to look to you first. And looking to you first, first starts with a heart of surrender. Today, if you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, what an awesome weekend to give your heart to Jesus. Pastor, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. I've never surrendered it. What's that mean? That means you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, that he resurrected on the third day, and he's coming back for his people one day again. And today, if you're ready to say, Pastor, I I need to, I can't, I can't get to God any other way except through Jesus. Without anybody looking but me right now, we're not going to do anything to single you out. We're not going to embarrass you. But if you just raise your hand, if you're ready to make that prayer in your heart, you've never done it before. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I see those hands. Anybody else today? Just raise the high rock and say, thank you, guys. I see those hands. You're ready to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. If you raised your hand, I want you to say this prayer after me. As Christians around you, we'll help you along. We'll all say it out loud together. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I surrender all of my life to you. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you say, welcome to the family, God.